But to talk about crosses and suffering and trials, our, our final lesson, the lesson for our sermon, is from the book of Job in the Old Testament. Job is the type of book that to really appreciate, you, you need to read the whole thing. Do you know how many chapters Job has? 42. 42. And I'm saying that because you look and it seems like it's really long, this lesson I'm going to read. But this is just one chapter. We're going to hear the, the first chapter of the book of Job. And there's no better place in the Bible to go if you're facing suffering and trial than to hear the story of Job. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. And Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Well, he was still speaking. Another servant came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Well, he was still speaking. Another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three reigning parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Well, he was still speaking. Another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell And this Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. And said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. 
In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. This is God's word. The friends of Jesus, there's one word that we probably say to God more than any other word. Do you know what it is? Why? I bet you, I bet you asked that. I bet you ask God that a, a lot. What, what are your whys lately? Why does it hurt? Why did I lose my job? Why did the cancer come back? Why doesn't she love me? Why do I feel this way? Why did he die? Why? One of the most perplexing parts about being a Christian is realizing that even Christians have to face all sorts of suffering in life. And when we do, we ask, why? There's a whole book of the Bible about that. The whole book of, of Job was given to us to answer this question. Why do God's people have to face so much suffering? And every Christian needs to know the story. We don't know exactly when Job lived. It seems from the way the story is told that he lived long ago, maybe even way back in the days of Abraham. Do you remember when Abraham lived? He's one of the people on my timeline that all of you have memorized, right? 2000 B.C. Way back in 2000 B.C., 4,000 years ago, and we're told that Job lived in the land of Uz, which seems to be to the east, the southeast of the land of Israel. And this is what we know for sure. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Job was the greatest man among the people of the East. And you think, wow. Job was a righteous man. As the story starts out, it goes just like you'd expect. Job was a righteous man who trusted in God, and so God blessed him. That's what you'd expect. I mean, God really blessed him. Did you hear everything that Job had? He had seven sons, three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys. And like, wow. What really gets me is 3,000 camels. Can you imagine having 3,000 camels? Do you know how much a camel costs today? I looked it up. It's $10,000 for one camel. That means... Job had $30 million just in camels. He was extraordinarily wealthy. But not just physically wealthy. Job was spiritually wealthy. We hear this little part about how he would sacrifice for his sons and daughters. He'd make sacrifices and he would say, perhaps my children sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And just in case, Job would offer sacrifices for them. And think, who does this? Job was a righteous man. Such a nice story, isn't it? Until one day, out of the blue, everything changed. One day a messenger comes to Job and tells him that, that the Sabians, this group of other people, have stolen all of his yoke of oxen and his 500 donkeys and put his servants to death. And while that man is still speaking, another messenger runs up and says that fire fell down from heaven 
and consumed all 7,000 sheep and the servants who are with them. And while that man is still speaking, another servant comes and says that other raiders came and stole all 3,000 camels and this servant is the only one left. And boom, boom, boom. Just like that, Job went from being the wealthiest man to losing everything. I think, what would that be like today? Maybe you show up at work and you get laid off from your job, and so on the way home you get in a car accident, and when you finally get home your house is burned down, and when you check your bank account all the stocks have crashed and you have nothing, all in one day. And so what was left? I bet as those messengers were coming to Job, I, I bet there was something left. I bet he was thinking to himself, at least I have my kids. I'll be okay as long as I have my kids. But while that third messenger was still speaking, a fourth messenger came up. And he said, your sons and daughters were feasting and eating at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a, a mighty wind came from the desert and struck the four corners of the house and it collapsed on them and they are dead. But when you hear all this, the story of Job sounds kind of like the story of your life. Because you have faced sufferings too. Unexpected. Unexplained. Out of the blue. And often the way it goes is it's not just one suffering. Don't people say that bad things always come in threes? Boom, boom, boom. And even as Christians, our, our spirits can start to shake our our faith can start to waver. See, God loves me. Maybe God doesn't love me. Well, I think God loves me, but how can this be happening? And what do we end up saying to God? Why? Why are you allowing this? Why don't you stop this? Why? And what's unique about the book of Job is that we actually get to see behind the scenes, which we don't get to do in our own lives. We get to see the why. It's surprising. God had a meeting with the angels in heaven, and Satan, the devil, showed up at the meeting. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, he fears the Lord and shuns evil. Imagine God saying that. God said that about Job. But saying the devil, he didn't believe a word of it. He said back to God, does Job love God for nothing? Stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will curse you to your face. And it was as if the, the devil, Satan, was saying to God, God, you are a fool. Job doesn't actually love you. Job loves all the stuff that you've given him. It's the devil, right? You see, Satan is convinced that no one could possibly love God for who he is. The, the devil is convinced that we human beings only pretend to love God to get good stuff from him. It's the devil, right? You think about your faith in God. You, do you love God for who He is or do you love God when He gives you good things? When those good things are taken away, what, what do you start to say? 
Think if I'm honest, that the devil is often right about me. I love the good things that God gives me. And when bad things happen, I start to complain. Why, God? Why? That's not faith. That's sin. Do you love God or the things God gives you? It's the trials and sufferings of life that show us what's, what's really in our hearts. Why? Did you hear God's response? God said back to Satan, test him. Everything he has is in your power. Only on the man himself do not lay a finger in. Job's sufferings, all of these bad things that happened, there was, there was a purpose behind them. It might have looked like Job was being punished, but actually God had just praised Job. It might have looked like God had abandoned Job, but actually God was raising up Job as an example for all the believers who were to follow. Job might have felt like God was against him, but that couldn't have been further from the truth. God was for him. God loved him. God loved Job so much that he was willing to to test his faith. He knew exactly what was going to happen. What was happening on the outside wasn't the full story. What was behind the scenes was the opposite of what it appeared. But here's the thing. God never told Job that. told you that the book of Job has 42 chapters. It goes on for a long time, but God never explain to Job what he was doing. He never told Job why. Isn't that how God acts with us too? God doesn't tell us the why. Do you know why? It's because you don't need to know why to trust in God. That's part of the test of faith. Job was to trust in God even when it was hard. Job was to trust in God even when it seemed like God was against him. Job was to trust in God even when it seemed like his life was worse for trusting in God because that's what faith is. It's being certain of what we cannot see. I think this is what you and I need to hear. Whatever trials or sufferings you're facing in your life today, God wants you to know that He's doing something behind the scenes that you can't see. God is working behind the scenes in ways that you can't imagine. God has a grand plan for your life that you couldn't possibly guess. And when God puts those sufferings and trials into your life, it's not because He's against you, He loves you. It's because He's testing your faith. Isn't that what life is all about? It's about faith. Eternal life is a gift through faith in Jesus. We're saved by faith in Jesus. Whatever God does to strengthen our faith in Jesus, that's it's a good thing, right? Did you hear how Job responded? On this worst day ever when he lost everything, Job got up, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, he fell to the ground, in worship. One of those things doesn't seem to fit with the others. Three of those things make a lot of sense. He tore his robe, I could see that. He shaved his head, that makes sense. He fell to the ground in worship. 
got to be some mistake. He worshiped? Yes. Because this is what true worship is. It's worshiping God for who he is. It's not worshiping God for what he gives us. Was Job happy? No, he was in excruciating agony. But did Job trust in the Lord? Yes. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Can you see why believers in God have have gravitated to this book of Job? It gives us such an honest take on the reality of life. Are there days in life that are full of God's blessings? Absolutely. There's days or months or even years when things are going great and we should not take those days for granted. We should have grateful hearts for God's blessings to us because in a moment, in a day, everything can change. Peace can turn into conflict. Joy can turn into sadness. Light can turn into darkness. But the powerful message of the book of Job is this. Even when that happens, God is good. God is good all the time, even when his goodness is hidden in sorrow. God gives the good and the bad. God gives the glad and the sad. And God gives his people the ability to trust in him in everything. Job did. In fact, in the middle of his sufferings, in the middle of the book of Job, we have some of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. Job is the one who, in the middle of all that was happening, said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Job 19, 25-27. Job knew when all of his sorrows were going to end. When? In heaven. And he knew it was going to heaven because he knew that his Redeemer lives. And if his Redeemer lives, it meant that Job was going to live too. And this gave Job hope. You know those words, right? I know that my Redeemer lives. And Sometimes when we're in the, our lowest, darkest moments, we... We cry out to God, God, why are you doing this? Why don't you just come down here and see what it's like? You know how Jesus would answer? He'd say, I did. I did. It said that Job had the worst day ever. That's actually not really true. Jesus had the worst day ever. And it was good Friday. Jesus didn't just lose everything. Jesus suffered the punishment for all of our sins. Jesus suffered the pain of death and hell that we deserve so we could be forgiven, so we could be set free. When when you look to Jesus in your suffering, do you know what Jesus says? He says, I know. I understand. I am with you. I forgive you. Soon it will be over. I promise. You can trust in Jesus. One of my devotions a week or two ago, I I shared a story that really hit me when I read it. It was a story about a a school for deaf children. And the visitor came to school one day and 
to communicate with the children, the visitor began to write questions on the board. This is how they communicated. One of the questions this visitor wrote was, why did God make me able to hear and make you deaf? And the children just sat there. What an awful question. What an awful why. But after a while, a little girl stood up and she bravely walked up to the chalkboard and with tears in her eyes, but with a very steady hand, she wrote, Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Matthew 11, verse 26. Isn't that the, the perfect answer to all the whys of life? Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. God doesn't explain every why to us, but He tells us who He is, our loving Father. We don't need to know why. We can trust in Him. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. There's a man who did that. His name was Horatio Spafford. You ever heard of Horatio Spafford? I think if you would have heard of him, you would have remembered, right? He's got a name like that. Horatio Spafford was a wealthy lawyer in Chicago in the 1800s. He was blessed with a beautiful wife and four young daughters. And in 1873, they decided to move their family to London. You can imagine this is a time of joy and excitement. He sent his wife and daughters ahead of him. They went to New York and they got on a boat to set sail to their new home. And just that in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, another boat hit their boat right in the middle and all four of his daughters drowned. His wife made it and when she got to London, she sent back a telegram, which is kind of famous. It said, saved alone. Saved alone. And so his heart filled with grief. Horatio Stafford knew he needed to go to, to meet his wife. He went to New York. He got his own ticket on a boat and set sail for, for England. And three days into the journey, the, the captain somberly came up to Horatio and pointed out that at that moment they were crossing the very place where the accident had happened and where his four daughters had drowned. He looked out over those icy waters. And then he went to his room and he wrote a little poem. It goes like this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, oh the joy of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part but the whole, was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. You heard that song before? Sometimes in life, all you can do is tear your rope and shave your head and fall to the ground and worship. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Amen. Say a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, just like believers in you throughout all time, we face crosses in our lives, just like you promised. We face suffering and trials and loss, and the devil uses each one of those crosses to tempt us to turn away from you. We thank you for giving us this story in your word, the book of Job. 
In the story, you let us see behind the scenes that when we see suffering and abandonment and loss, you have a plan, you have a purpose, you love us, and you want nothing more than for us to grow in our faith in you. Dear Jesus, as we see your love for us on the cross, help us to believe that you give the good and the bad, that you're with us in the glad and the sad. Help us, dear Jesus, in every moment of life, even when we don't understand the why, to put our trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen.